0: I hear a I behind the wall, I'm so it's going to fall. Scaring, scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing.
1: This is Scaring is Sharing. Yes, it is. It is the place where we share our scares with each other and you. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Or good afternoon, or good evening. wherever
0: you are in what time period why are we talking like this i don't know what's happening
1: why not oh you're drinking your jack skellington is that Mm -hmm. his name jack skellington okay yep it's cute it's a cute name it's a cute i love the design my my coffee mug (laughs) hello 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 happy day to you all wherever you may be listening to us from whether it's your car prison the swimming pool, I hope wherever. it's prison. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, so that's a thing. Um, on, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. On it's only a podcast. I wrote them because I got really back into swimming. This is like a year ago because I was listening to them and it would just make the time fly by. And they were like, wait, you can listen to podcasts in the water? So it was like a whole conversation for like a hot second on it's only a podcast and but they're like i wonder where the weirdest places are that people listen to us so i would love to know that as well i mean yeah. i imagine most people it's you know if you're working from home you have your earbuds in and it's taking your mind off of the excel spreadsheet you're working on or whatever <laughs> yeah whether it's that whether
0: you're literally in a pool which to me seems dangerous to have electronics in the pool but no
1: it's lovely okay
0: or um well i guess most things are waterproof nowadays so it's probably totally pretty easy to do that but yeah if you're in prison i want to know about that do we have outreach to the prison community (laughs) like (laughs) is that possible
1: that would probably be one of the oddest places to be heard from i think
0: oh yeah it probably would be um you know, but then we could do like a whole Johnny Cash thing, you know, where he played at San Quentin. We could go do a live podcast <laughs> at some prison.
1: <laughs> but if you are listening for the very first time, hello, and I am looking over at my co-host, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim, Rusk.
0: And I am looking at Brandy Joe, the flaming Scream Queen, planback. And what uh, a
1: sight it is to watch you, Jeremy. Just to
0: look upon each other. Oh my god. And you are all blurry in your background. You're doing that. I, well, zoom I, thing. I
1: I normally wouldn't, but like today I, I had done an update recently and like, I was in a meeting earlier and someone, I was like, Ooh, is this like a new thing on your iPhone? Cause I know the blur background's a thing, but I thought it's yeah. always looked not quite right. So yeah. I tried it again and it looks very good. Like yeah. it, the, the outline is good, which was my issue before. I just yeah. thought it didn't look very good, but now it does. So yeah, it looks pretty solid. Yeah. So right before we started, I said, "Um, hello, Jeremy. And you said, oh, it sounds like hello, Clarice. And we got into this whole conversation about how that's not said in Silence of the Lambs. We may have talked about this once before. It's sort of ringing bells in my head. But the Mandela effect is something that you called like nonsense or something. And I said, let's wait to talk about this on the show.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm, you know, there's so many people. So you can find all these stories about the Mandela effect online, but like, they're all just wrong. They just no. you know it just doesn't exist like the, the most famous one being there is no movie called Shazam that stars Sinbad as a genie. It never that is existed. not the most
1: famous. The most famous is the Berenstain Bears.
0: Oh, okay. And that one too,
1: which that one is the first one I heard of. I was home in Wyoming. My mom was a first grade teacher for like 30 years. I read about it and I said, Hey mom what's the name of that book series with the bears who live in a tree? And she's like the Berenstein bears. And I'm like, what if I told you that's not the name that it's actually the Berenstein bears. And she's like, that's not it. It's Berenstein. And I said, what are you going to say? Well, you're from Wyoming.
0: No, I was going to say, no, you pronounce (laughs) it. You know, the pronunciation is right. Berenstein. It's just that spelling. People don't, know that there's an a in there so
1: no 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 yeah i don't agree with that okay but whatever i love the mandela effect and there are certain ones that really creep me that one
0: did trip me up though because i went to my parents house and found the books because we still have some in the basement and uh they were it's the a so i'm like "What what what the fuck i was looking at them, so it is trippy maybe maybe it is flashes of because i've had personal moments where i'm pretty sure i heard like such and such celebrity died uh and then i go to look them up and they're alive and i'm like what so I've yeah had moments that's of just that. the
1: internet i, I but, yeah. and they say everything is said at some point somewhere well,
0: then i go back and try and find it on the internet but i can't find an article so i've had moments like that where i'm like did i make it up or did I step into that parallel dimension where the person <laughs> did die as, you know, the Mandela effect points to is the idea that there's parallel universes.
1: And it's been on my mind a little bit because are you still watching Archive 81? No. I just watched the first episode. You gave up on it.
0: Yeah. All oh, right. okay. Well, I don't know if we gave up on it. We just haven't gone back to it because it didn't we're kinda, like. Yeah, it didn't grab us. And we're juggling TV shows. We got sucked into Station Eleven.
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, want to watch that. And
0: binged, binged that. That took up our time. So that, that's very good.
1: Because it sounds Mr. Burns-y, like that play we did.
0: Very much. I said, yes, it uh, reminds me of the play Mr. Burns, from what I've heard about it. Um, but, but it taken to a very dead serious yes, direction. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. And, and Ferndale, Michigan, which is, you know, a hop, skip and a jump from where I live currently where you used to live. The Ferndale Library often does, like they take, this is pre-pandemic, but they have like a book and they do some sort of like big thing with it. And they like bring in the author to talk and go comedy, which is across the street, which is an improv theater. They usually do some sort of tie in production or something. And they Mm -hmm. did one with Station Eleven, which is kind of how I heard about it. And I think it came out around the time Mr. Burns came out. So it's a sort of like post-apocalyptic sort of things are different in the world and entertainment has carried on differently right yeah in a a, a nutshell
0: in a nutshell uh and it hits real hard nowadays because it's about a flu pandemic that wipes out most of the population of the planet okay uh, and kind of reverts culture back to like a medieval existence so okay and people are grabbing onto the bits of art that they can remember what are left to try Mm. and keep you know the humanities going so
1: but yeah, I've been, I've only watched one episode of Archive 81, but it seems to have some multiple dimensions sort of feel to it, it's kind of mentioned in it. And I yeah. did that. And that's sort of Stranger Things as well, like the upside down and all that. Yeah. And I, I like the idea of it, but the other day I was thinking like, do I really actually believe in this? And I don't think I literally do, but, um, but it's fascinating The I, the concept of it and the idea of it is a good one. Yeah. And I also was thinking there was a, cause all these, you know, lists i watch on youtube there was one that had something with us on it recently the jordan peele movie and i thought i mean it is definitely not the worst movie i've ever seen like it just doesn't rank up there at all with get out to me and Mm -hmm. i just thought i wondered like this thought came to me this time i wondered if it would have been more powerful to me my own personal opinion if it would have been like just this one family that was sort of had been duped as like an experiment and as opposed to, spoiler alert, the entire world being like another version of them below ground. Like if there were specific families that had been duped as an experiment to see how this family differs than this family that's kept down below or control, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I just felt that everyone being a clone or whatever you want to call it, um, a tethered, was just too much.
0: I think it answered too many questions.
1: And yes, like, I'm it, it did 100%. Fully- Intrigue yeah, that, is better.
0: That my, that was my problem with it, too, was they went too far in explaining the tethered. Because
1: like, that's like, when it falls apart. Like, I yes. think all the scares, that, them getting stalked, and all of the kills are pretty good. They're pretty freaky. And then you get to that, like, last act, and it's like, uh Talking for 10 minutes, explaining what's happening.
0: Yeah, I wish they just didn't explain anything. And then that would have been much freakier. or Better performances. Yeah, much subtler explanations would have been uh, more rewarding, I think. The kind of thing where I like when a movie is like... Uh, You find the answers by like I had to freeze frame it and you can see there's a document like sitting on a desk that says like like, I like that kind of stuff where you put it in as like Easter eggs for later discovery like if they had left like there was a scientific paper of some kind like sitting on a desk that you later had to go rewatch the movie and really pay attention to catch it or something like that and i
1: mean jordan pill is brilliant and that mm-hmm. movie is full of those tw- types of things from what i've seen on these like youtube lists and things it's just they it's like that portion too much too much and i, I am still taste. so curious what his new movie is going to be about like i think the poster makes it look like aliens what's it called oops uh nope 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 <laughs> it's like uh, it looks like aliens My fear though is seeing that title
0: and like, sure, that means something to us now because it's taken on like kind of a you know, it's almost like an internet meme thing. Like, nope, don't want to have anything to do with this. And I'm like, oh, I'm afraid of how that'll age later though. Like, giving your title, you know, something like that. I don't know, but yeah, definitely struck me as very of this moment. So, (laughs) I I thought that was a little bit risky to go ahead and title your movie something that's not going to be. We don't know if it's going to be timeless.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I have some questions for you. I was listening to the 666 episode of It's Only a Podcast where they do some lists and they talked a bit about this movie called The Unknown with Lon Chaney Sr. Have you seen that?
0: I know. He's like
1: has like no arms and he's like becomes a part of like a circus. And I guess it's been cut to fuck and is very hard to find. They were saying like it should be in the Criterion collection. It's a shame that it's not, but it sounds. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's a movie I've only read about. Um, okay. Because my exposure to Lon Chaney Sr. is just the big movies, like his, you know, The Phantom of the Opera with him, uh, probably his most famous movie he ever did. And, you know, The Hunchback of Notre Dame that he okay. was in. And that's probably it. I think those are the only Lon Chaney Sr. movies I'm familiar with, but I know of. Yeah. Um, in fact, in arm's length of me, uh, is this book that I love. It's called The Monster Show by David J. Skull. He's a scholar of, like, old horror. Uh, And this book is a cultural history of horror, but it really focuses on the silent film era, Lon Chaney Sr.'s career, uh, and then the early stars: Bella Lugosi, Boris Karloff, and all that. You stuff.
1: You just jerk off to that book every night, Jeremy. <laughs> oh my god! It it's sounds like... like a book that would make you hard. <laughs> yeah, I've re- I've read it
0: through a couple of times, and I need to read it again to <laughs> brush up on my. Uh... It's got a whole section, man, about freaks by which Tom not Browning's seen. Freaks, yeah. which is like a, you know a cult classic. Yeah, um, and it's very fascinating stuff. But I'm pretty sure the unknowns in here. There it is, the unknown. Yeah, it pops up in here. So that's why I know about it from this
1: book. Okay, so another thing they talked about that I have no idea where you fall, and if you've seen many of these, so I'm very curious, is the Psycho Bitty movement. I have, what's this? Like, whatever happened to Baby Jane, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, jacket. Uh, yep, 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 yep. I mean, fun. You've seen all three of them?
0: I've actually not seen whatever happened to Baby Jane all the way through. I've okay. I've seen parts of it. Uh, as well. And I've seen Straight Jacket like a long time ago. I think, honestly, I believe Sven Gulli played it. And I think I watched it like some night on there on TV. What's Sven
1: uh,
0: He's one, you know, he's like one of the few surviving horror hosts that's still okay. on like TV, but he does like old movies, like specializes in like the 60s and before kind of movies. So, okay. uh, but I think, yeah, I watched Straight Jacket on there. That was fun.
1: And what about Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte? Never seen it. I don't know that I have either. We had talked about do, writing a parody called Shut the Fuck Up, Charlotte. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it would have been STFU, Charlotte, just so uh-huh. like you could get away with the posters a little easier. Um, but yeah. Okay, well, I was curious because I, I know you like older films, but that didn't feel quite like a genre that you're real familiar with?
0: Not necessarily, but it is fun. And I love the fact that, you know, it was Joan Crawford, right? She's in, is she in all and- three
1: of those? Uh no, Betty Davis is into Joan Crawford's into and Betty Davis is into
0: okay because Straight Jacket she's great in Straight Jacket um, yeah uh, but yeah no I love the fact that Joan Crawford became like uh, not re- necessarily a scream queen cause she's like the bad guy in a lot of these movies like she became like a horror villain which is kind of awesome
1: these movies also are called Grand Guignol is also another name for the genre, which I don't know exactly what that means. So I think it means... um, That was a... Like a uh, a theater?
0: That was a theater movement in France, I believe, is where it started, uh, that was super violent stage shows. Yep, Yep. a
1: dramatic entertainment of a sensational or horrific nature, originally a sequence of short pieces as performed by the Grand Guignol Theatre in Paris. And so th- this movement also has that name sometimes because it is a little campy and over the top and whatnot. So okay, I was just curious where where you fell in regards to that.
0: Oh, I'm about it. I would uh, <laughs> now I'm looking up Joan Crawford and I'm like, man, she did go on to have like a huge career in horror movies. Oh yeah, especially... like
1: Trog. And, yeah, and in... um, Buz- uh, Bzer- Berserk, which I've not seen, but it's like like a circus yeah. horror show
0: yeah in her late career man she just really that's where she went and you haven't seen any
1: of those you haven't seen like trog uh
0: not trog i am vaguely familiar a lot of them are movies that i'm pretty sure i saw like bits of in my childhood like on tv or just like barely remember them and i wonder if i did start watching some of these they would like come you know screaming back as like oh i have (laughs) seen that because it played on cable all the time so
1: did you see the new texas chainsaw massacre poster Yeah. It is gorgeous. I and it plays with that opposition that I am such a fan of, which horror doesn't do enough of. And I, I think I harp on this a little too much maybe not too much because it still doesn't happen but everyone thinks horror needs to be like you know dark and like flashing things to scare you and it's just so much more effective when it is bright and sunny like curtains are hereditary and that fucking poster where it's like sunflowers and the sun and then there's just fucking Leatherface's face right there
0: well think of the I mean it had some night scenes which were effective but like the bulk of the original Texas Chainsaw Mass is in broad daylight. And the creepiest stuff. And it works so well because it's so isolated as well. You're out in the middle of nowhere in that hazy like heat in the summer in Texas and it's like that to me is horrific. Just thinking of that setting is scary. Um, Much in the same way like Hills Have Eyes Use the
1: same thing very effectively Yes, and I I love that And I want more of it And I'm so excited for Texas Chainsaw
0: I don't want to be excited though Because I'm so worried about everything I've heard Because the production was so troubled Like there's a lot of voices on the internet That are like,
1: this is going to be
0: horrible So I hope they're just, you know I hope they're just angry bros That are complaining about them, you know Playing with (laughs) one of their beloved franchises And it is
1: good, so and you saw that they started filming Halloween Ends. Yes. And I, there's all this talk about Sarah Michelle Geller possibly joining. Have you heard that? I didn't, I didn't
0: hear that. I Whoa. just started
1: to see that yesterday. And I, I don't know. I, I read a couple different things. One thing was her like saying she wanted to be in it and then another thing saying she was going to be in it. I, that just seems weird. but mm-hmm. But I'm excited because Kyle Richards is back. And that makes me excited.
0: And I read that she got such a strong response and kills that just came out uh, and she was so game for it they actually rewrote the movie to give her wow. a bigger part
1: and probably because we were like this movie's horrible we <laughs> yep. do and, something else
0: in in fact from what i read too was that she wasn't even going to be in ends or it was going to be essentially a cameo and then they rewrote it to actually make her
1: a character God. in it so God.
0: but yeah i i understand ends has had uh major rewrites part of it was covid uh uh-huh totally changing up like you know the production schedule and all that so we'll see what happens uh and what i saw was uh what um nick castle the original the shape from the very first movie is again on board doing another cameo uh yeah which is funny because it's like you know james jude courtney does most of uh he is michael myers in these new ones but uh and, and it's like you can't really tell but in each one, there is one scene where it's Nick Castle in the costume, like doing either just a, like a close-up or something where it's him. So that's what he's been doing in them.
1: That's fun. Yeah, and I saw, very fun. On, I saw on Shudder another um, porn that you can jerk off to called Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster. Ooh, it looked like something you would very much enjoy.
0: Is that a documentary? or? It is, is. It a, yes. Okay. It's, I think they just added it. Because I know there is a... Uh, I've never seen it and I've always wanted to because I've heard it's very good. There is a movie about Lon Chaney Sr. Uh, hmm. called The Man of a Thousand Faces. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that rings and, a bell. And that's actually a dramatization, though. It's a bio of his, of his life with James Cagney playing Lon Chaney Sr. in it. So okay. I've heard that's a very very well-regarded flick,
1: so someday I'll have to track that one down. Hey, let's read some telegrams. Let's do it! Because we have two. So first of all i was on our little podcast website we podcast through this company called pinecast because i'm sure you're all just dying to know um mm-hmm. which is you know through our our, our home team planet ant podcast that that's the the company they use so i was on there and i was just sort of looking through the different analytics and things like that and there was this button that says feedback and i clicked on it and there was a message from thanksgiving yeah i guess like i mean most people you know write us through our instagram or through our email and there was this email in there so let's read it
0: okay i will uh i'll read that uh and it goes hi i am a fan of your podcast since my professor sarah has told me about it (laughs) that is my wife (laughs) uh out there talking talking us up to people uh i was wondering if you guys could talk about the movie platform uh which is on netflix it was definitely crazy and shocking." but the ending was left for interpretation. I'm curious as to what you guys thought of it. It may be too much because there is some cannibalism in it, but it would be cool if you guys talked about it. Happy Thanksgiving. So a couple months late, whoever uh wrote to us
1: does this person not know us i mean obviously they don't because cannibalism hello we love it. cannibalism yep
0: yeah, uh you if, <laughs> if you if you listen enough you will learn there's nothing too hardcore uh we are a couple of <laughs> we're a couple of old school fans been around forever where like that was the order of the day you know years yes, ago it was exactly. like find the most Fucked up transgressive movies you can, and
1: I've seen plenty of those. And I particularly think you love cannibalism.
0: Yeah, I'm I definitely uh I love Texas Chainsaw, you know, that's a whole (laughs) theme throughout them. Um, you know, cannibal holocaust. Like I've seen so many of these. What is that
1: one thing that big bad bloody musical meat, big bad meat?
0: oh big meat eater that's all big meat eater that's all about cannibalism (laughs) i know
1: i'm saying you are mr cannibal yeah i'm
0: (laughs) definitely yeah the italian zombie and cannibal movies like i've seen it i've seen it
1: all come on (laughs) but i have not seen the platform i have been thinking about it a lot Me either
0: i keep thinking about we gotta we should probably watch it because i've heard a lot about it from people so
1: so, I've been thinking about the movie The Platform a lot because there is a new reality show that Joe and I watch, a cooking show called Next Level Chef. And oh. it is like The Platform. There are okay. three groups of chefs Gordon Ramsay's on it. And then there's a couple, two other high ranking chefs in the world. And they each sort of host a team. And the team like draws like, uh, something and they go and they go and they get in this elevator and the elevator drops them off at different floors. So the mm-hmm. top floor has like cutting edge kitchen. They get the, and all of this, like the best things. And then it's sort of, there's three levels and it goes down in quality as you go down. Mm-hmm. And then it's a certain point, this platform in the middle, like starts up in the top floor who has the best, they get, First pick of all the food on the platform, they run and they get 30 seconds to grab whatever they want. And then the platform goes down each level and each level gets 30 seconds to go over and grab what they want. So the bottom platform gets the crappiest stuff. So they really took what I know of the movie, the platform, and turned it into a cooking show. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But I think the platform, I've heard nothing but great things. And I just haven't seen it.
0: I heard it was good. Um, So I think we should throw that on the tiny terrors potential list
1: yes um, i love it or like it, a theme episode where we do two cannibal movies
0: something like that. maybe we do the platform and we do the new texas chainsaw when that drops
1: that's yeah in a couple of weeks in a couple of weeks straight to
0: netflix so maybe we do a netflix um, yeah thematic episode where we watch those two that's well, a good fun. idea well thank yeah. you
1: whoever you are for writing in i'm please gonna call... write in
0: again i'm sorry we took forever to get to you
1: Yeah, I'm going to call you um, The Leftovers because you talk about Thanksgiving and it's so much later, so we're just getting to. So I'm going to call you The Leftovers. That's who you yep. are. That's your thank nickname.
0: you, leftovers. And
1: <laughs> write in and tell us uh, tell us more, please. And, and I will uh, check that weekly. And I apologize I didn't even know it was a thing. So Yep, yep. If you want
0: a, if you want a quicker response in the future, go write to our Gmail, scaringasharing at gmail.com.
1: But no uh, fan shaming here because you can no write to fan us shaming. however. And I no, yep. I'll take all the responsibility here. <laughs> we will
0: eventually get to you.
1: and they're not listening anymore you know they're they've given up they're like you're not gonna read my letter fuck you (laughs) fuck
0: that show um
1: well we got one other letter and it is from my husband joe who also has a podcast three funny ladies check it out the number three and the subject is long time listener and he writes hello boys with all the talk about James Whale in episode 63 and in the past as well, I wonder if you've seen Gods and Monsters with Ian McKellen playing the famed director. Love your work.
0: I freaking love Gods and Monsters.
1: I know he loves it and I've never seen it. And he, oh always, I, he knew the answer to this as far as I was concerned, but I think he was mostly curious if you had seen it.
0: Yeah, no. It, and I, wants I... me to see it. I, I adore that movie. When uh, the first time I saw it, it was just—it's so good. So there is a like renaissance now for Brendan Fraser, uh, and he's in that movie. And you know, like unfairly for him, so long people were just like, uh, he's a terrible actor. He's just there to look pretty and you know be in these big dumb action movies. Um, and I had been like, have you seen Gods and Monsters? He's so compelling in it. Like he can he is a great actor. You just need to give him, he needs to be in the right material. And for a long time, he got, you know, shoehorned into a very specific type of uh role, but now he's back. His career is back on track and he's getting meteor roles now. And it's like, yes, please people. Did everyone start watching gods and monsters? And we're like, yeah, he can do it. Uh, and Ian McKellen is just amazing always. Uh, and it's, you know, James whale, of course, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, director of the original Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, the original Invisible Man, so.
1: Yeah, I would l- really like to see this and that movie about Nosferatu.
0: Oh, Shadow of the Vampire. Yes, I think those yes. two movies
1: seem like a good double feature.
0: Yeah, they would be. In to,
1: like, sort of dramatic but about horror, in a way. Yeah. And yeah. they go
0: and they go and they, they 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 diverge into very different directions, but they both with stellar actors. Yeah, they have both have incredible casts. So, ooh, uh, those are both on the list for some point. So, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, that's but yes, that. I love I love Gods and Monsters.
0: I have not seen it in a long time. Um, and and it, 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 it gets to me. I uh, I, I remember a very emotional movie.
1: OK, thank you for writing in joe you're very sweet have you watched anything this past week
0: um let me check the letterbox i gotta well, check my
1: check my diary, check and i will mine's pretty short so i watched the one episode of archive 81 i watched the last thing that mary saw on shutter which is an interesting little folk horror lesbian story i would say is how i would describe it But Isabel Furman is in it. And you know what? Orphan First Kill was supposed to come out this month. And there's just no way it's coming out. Because there's been absolutely nothing about it. But I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was fine. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. It was fine. And then I started... um, We started Squid Game. And we're about halfway through. Oh, Squid Game.
0: I love Squid Game.
1: So good. They're all just like, all the characters are just so good. And I just love, like, I thought they were going to get in. I mean, I didn't know at all. I thought it was like a reality show sort of setup. So Mm -hmm. when it is like, when you discover what is going on with these games, and then it immediately takes some turns, like, second episode where it's like, oh, i, I mm-hmm. thought it was gonna be just this and it just does some crazy sort of things and i love that that old guy won the golden globe even though the golden globes are sort of canceled right now um and i mean they happen but like as a culture people are like fuck the golden globes but the old guy won the golden globe for supporting actor and he is so good yes
0: yeah squid game is fantastic i'm excited for you to watch that whole thing and- yeah.
1: So that's all I've it. watched. What about you?
0: Yeah, us like I said earlier, we finished up Station 11. I think that was the biggest thing of note and um uh I think it's tan, you know, it's horror adjacent enough. It's more of a uh, I know actually the author of the book was like she hated the tag science fiction for it even though technically it does fall into science fiction since it, uh, science fiction is a broad definition, but you know, it it's a heavy drama. So I think it's close enough to our uh, horror adjacent, so but it was very good. I, I loved you it. You recommend it? I recommend it. I was hooked immediately, like once we started it. So okay, I didn't think I was going to be either because the way it starts, it's sort of like, huh, what's this about? Like, what's where's this going? And then it just, I had to
1: keep watching. So, and there is like a theatrical element to it, right? Absolutely. Like it's very It's something.
0: very much about theater. Very okay.
1: heavy into theater references, and if
0: you're a theater person, I think you'll get a lot out of it
1: cool well then i'm reading the exciting. book now I, okay.
0: <laughs> it, it, I love the show so much i'm like i have to read the book now because i understand the show is very different from the book so
1: nice yeah i really want to check i keep forgetting about it the only other thing we watched which i mean it doesn't quite fit in but i'm going to mention it is an hbo max documentary called what happened britney murphy and it's all mm. about britney murphy's demise and death and it is just so weird and disturbing and uh, god it's just so sad and tragic it is not it is a fucked up situation but the horror element what yeah. are you gonna say say
0: it i got a whole other thing to okay go on to. the
1: horror element with it is that um and they didn't touch on this in the documentary but they brought it up on three funny ladies where they talked about this week is that there was talks of the house being weird like there is talks about the house having mold in it Yeah, I heard about mold or some sort of poisoning. They ruled that out because there were no mold spores like in their lungs or whatever. Um, But it's weird that they both died of the same thing. And, but then Britney Spears used to live in that house and Mm -hmm. she moved out because she thought it felt weird. She thought Mm -hmm. a friend of hers came in to do something. I can't remember. I read about it, like came in to do like a cleansing or something. And she felt like this friend opened up a door in the house, like a, a, meant like a non-realistic door yeah spiritual <laughs> yes and something bad came through you- and she did not like it anymore and she had like a bad experience where she just was like i gotta get out of this house mm. so like that is weird <laughs> that is
0: that is creepy yeah their their deaths are, it's so bizarre about what what actually happened what did they
1: rule it officially Like pneumonia with like some prescription drugs, not being like an overdose, but like heavily being in the body, Uh, being a factor
0: because it would compromise your immune system. I think is yeah that you're saying that that's what I think I remember reading about in the news is they said she was already in poor health because of taking these drugs and.
1: And yeah. she was so frail and stuff, but he was like this big dude. Yeah, like, and not just say you can't be big and be in poor health because, of course, just because you're a larger person doesn't mean you're like in better health. It sure, but he the just opposite. Sometimes. he seemed
0: much hardier and he just up and died.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. think my hot take is that she that she came back from the grave to kill him because he was a fucking wreck of a horrible person. Yeah, he's the who, shittiest person ever. Is what you walk away from this documentary thinking? Yeah, a creep who preyed on her and she was so talented.
0: Yeah, Brittany Murphy was great.
1: I remember when the trailer for Don't Say a Word came out and she's like, I'll never tell. And I was Uh... like, who is that? Like you had no idea because she'd all of a sudden got all skinny. And they talk about that in the documentary how people in Hollywood say like, you're cute, but you're not fuckable. And like, really put her like made her feel horrible about herself. They play this interview from Howard Stern that just hurts your soul, where he's saying the shittiest things about her and her weight. And oh, God, it's just horrible. And Perez Hilton, they're all just like, they're not responsible, but they're definitely assholes. Yeah. (laughs) And Hollywood is just the worst.
0: It's so cringy. I'm glad Howard Stern uh, changed his ways and got, you know, um, a little more self-aware I, I i don't keep up on his show as much so i don't know how if he's still super shitty but i know he's chain he's not like he used to be when you watch old interviews of him where you're like what a fucking asshole uh, yeah. to people and it's like i know he's calmed down quite a bit on that so that's like have some self-awareness people we need to grow and change Totally. um we have yeah, anything no, else Yes, you said HBO, and that made me think. Uh, I think, again, horror adjacent enough is uh, I've been watching Peacemaker with John Cena on HBO, which is for okay. the comic book superhero people. It's a spinoff from uh, the most recent Suicide Squad movie uh, where John Cena's portrayal of Peacemaker was like the breakout character from that okay. movie. And so they gave him his own. Uh, I think so far it's just a mini series, like no word yet if it's going to get renewed for another Season, but it is done by, of course, James Gunn, who directed uh, the most recent Suicide Squad movie. And we know him from Guardians of the Galaxy, but also the writer of the Dawn of the Dead remake uh, and Slither. And he started with Trauma. So he's got quite a horror pedigree. And that comes through in like all of his work. Because, you know, Peacemaker is he's taken all these low grade, like lesser uh, DC Comics characters uh and uh, since i'm assuming dc comics doesn't care as much <laughs> about these lesser characters he's got them they're having sex and brutal violence and real foul le- like he's having fun just satirize, you know it's a whole satire of like comic book superhero shit so
1: all right um, it's a lot of fun okay i mean john cena
0: <clears throat> yeah what a what a revelation uh, uh what a so be- funny what a beefcake and super funny. It's like, wow, oh another one of those pro wrestlers that's broken out of, uh, you know, it's always the thing when a wrestler becomes an actor, everyone's always like, meh, you know, that this can't be that great. But he is, and comedy is hard. Like comedy is not yes. easy, but he has no. natural timing for it. Like he just delivers. So awesome. Good on him.
1: Yeah, he is amazing. And I love him so much. In such a dream mode. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's uh, let's share our movies. Yeah, let's do it. So I go first, and I'm going to give you the remake of Slumber Party Massacre. Cool.
0: I'm very excited about this. Um, of course, I know it's going to be loosely what all of the Slumber Party Massacre movies are, which is at some point some girls get together to have a slumber party, and a maniac tries to kill them. <laughs> uh and i heard this one was kind of like meta uh and does some fun shit with like the whole it like it's self-aware is what i took away from what i was hearing from people i read a lot of reviews not spoilery reviews but i read a lot of reviews that were like we don't want to spoil it because it's just so much fun so just see it but that's my and i know this was like a sci-fi channel original or something like that which is shocking that was so good because usually you hear sci-fi channel original movie or sci-fi original and you're thinking sharknado or something like that yeah uh or sharktopus but it's uh you know it doesn't have any giant sharks or animals in it so you're like oh wow are you sure maybe it does maybe it maybe sharktopus shows up at the end he's the killer (laughs) um but no i'm excited to see this i think hilarity will ensue this time it's (laughs) got to be some fun element in it so okay Uh, yeah I'm excited and I didn't see it just because um uh it was hard to seek out I wanted to see it but I don't have cable so when it aired on like tv because I saw the ad here you know I read online that they're like it's gonna premiere this day didn't see it and I never spotted it on any uh I didn't really go out of my way but I didn't see it pop up on any streaming sites yet so I will uh I'm excited to see it yay OK, uh, I was kind of going to go with like whatever you gave me. I had like a bunch of ideas about where the hell I want to go with this. Oh. So it was like depending on what you gave me was going to dictate what I give you. OK, um, so like let's make this a fun episode. So I'll go with like one of the goofier choices. And we had this writer write in and talk about cannibalism. So we're going to take a trip over to Troma. OK. And I'm going to give you Cannibal the musical. Okay. Pretty sure you haven't seen that, but that's you are what I'm, I'm going to assign you.
1: I think friend of the podcast, Nico, often has brought it up to me and wants me to see it. Because I think there is a literal stage version of it. Um, and I think it's Trey Parker, Matt Stone. So I know it's probably silly and it's trauma. So I imagine I, what I'm going to go with is that it's like a funny telling of the Donner party. That's what I think it's going to be all about which cool. is a, a group of people in the, I don't know, pioneer times or some shit um, who get stuck somewhere during the winter and eat each other. What I thought ravenous was going to be sort of about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what I'm going with. And hilarity also will ensue. Cool. <laughs> but I'm excited to finally check it out. And
0: you haven't seen it just because.
1: It, it's not quite up my alley. Like, I like, I like horror and I like, theatricality but sometimes a little too silly i'm just not drawn to it but i can in, end up enjoying it like i wasn't immediately like oh my god i gotta check out evil dead the musical joe was like i think we should do this and so i listened to it and was like oh my god this is so good and so fun and then i watched the movies again because i'd watched evil dead once and didn't like it and then i watched it again and was just like how did i not like this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and i do like south park I think also, if I'm correct and it is like the Donner Party, there's just my block to history. history. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, I kind of know the answer. You were a trauma guy until I exposed you to trauma on here. And yeah, whereas. And I did
1: not know it was trauma. So that's fun.
0: Trauma was an early, like, that was one of my gateways. Like one of my earliest horror experiences was discovering trauma as like a preteen. So uh and this movie I'm excited to revisit it because I have not seen this since I was an early teenager on like videotape.
1: Oh my God, two, that was two years ago, Jeremy. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> I, I I wish. Uh so yeah, it's been a minute, so I'm excited to revisit this as well.
1: Cool. Well, let's watch them and come back.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Cosset. Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative!
0: Here we are, we're back, and let me tell you, my heart is as full as a baked potato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a spadoingal. <laughs> oh but we'll get to that momentarily
0: yes but first
1: but first so first of all you got my gift
0: yes i got the killer clowns from outer space
1: tote that yes you got me you did
0: um and it's awesome
1: friend of the podcast alex you can follow him on instagram his handle is horror boob all one word has a deep Top channel or store? I had not heard of it before, but he sells old VHSs and fun horror totes. And I got a Scream one, and he sent me that one. And I thought this is the perfect gift for you. So
0: it is. I can carry my Dungeons and Dragons
1: and nerd books when I go to (laughs) hang out with my friends. That is nerdy as all get out.
0: It'll be perfect.
1: Well, good. I'm glad you got it. I thought you would enjoy it.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Well, let's hop into our movies. So I gave you the remake or the requel of Slumber Party Massacre. It's not a requel. It's just a remake. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just a remake. It's a remake, a reboot. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A redo.
1: So the tagline is, you know the drill. (laughs) which i love and the summary is a little lengthy dana daughter of the only survivor of a massacre in 1993 is going on a weekend trip with her friends after their car breaks down in the very same town where her mother once fought the driller killer dana and her friends must come face to face with the man who has haunted her mother's life for the past 30 years that's it cool
0: that's it (laughs) um so this was a blast my Letterboxd review I wrote real quick of it was just, it's like a Russian nesting doll of slasher movies. <laughs> uh, and that is because let me, upfront spoilers, loose spoilers. I don't think they're going to be too bad. And what's really, there's not, well, there's a little bit to spoil, but spoilers up front. So I think if you want to watch this, if you're like a slumber party massacre diehard and you haven't seen this one yet, go
1: into it knowing as little as possible. Yes, you knew too much already.
0: <laughs> yeah, I knew too much already. Uh so everyone just, you know, spoilers fast forward because I have to get into it. But this thing was constructed. It was so clever, uh cuz like the first 10 minutes of the movie are just a remake of the original Slumber Party Massacre essentially. <laughs> uh which was amazing. The dude playing Russ, uh the killer looks remarkably similar to the original guy from all the way back in the, you know, early 80s. He does. Um,
1: I had to look to see if it was him because I wasn't sure. Yeah,
0: or like his son or something, but it looks so much like him. Uh, They do such an amazing job, like recreating him and just like the tone of the original movie. And even like I had to message you as soon as it did the (laughs) of the like faux organ, like synth music. And I'm like, it's the original opening theme, uh, which I do have on vinyl, the soundtrack of the (laughs) original Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, awesome synth score Uh, but anyway those first 10 minutes are like a remake of the original movie then all of a sudden it shifts gears to this new slightly more modernized story jumping forward in time that is again I'm like so they are like doing this weird like they just did a remake of the first movie now they're the next part of the movie is another self-contained remake of the first movie again just jump forward with new characters but then all of a sudden they're like, now we're here to kill them. So it switches <laughs> what's going on. But then it does it again by introducing the the dudes that are now like, which let me tell you, amazing. <laughs> Have the guys? They 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 had all these male characters that they sexualized in a vulnerable way that they normally do to the women of a uh, slasher movie. And you like, know, I a,
1: loved that.
0: What a genius move! Incredible. Um, but then that like it, it was like this weird series of like episodic like vignettes like you know what i mean of just constantly a remake but with a new spin on it of the story of the original just over and over hence russian nesting doll it was like many <laughs> movies in one uh all riffing on slumber party massacre
1: so when you get to the new girls though and they're like in their car and it's breaking down and all that were you kind of like oh this tired old nonsense
0: uh Yeah, but the way the movie, I felt like the movie was uh, self-aware once it got going, enough that I'm like, okay, uh, it's tired nonsense, but I feel like there's going to be some kind of payoff. Like, I had a feeling that it was too smart, and it it had to be doing something either. It was just straight up, you know, having fun satirizing the tropes, or something was going to end, you know, I was right. It was very clever and started playing and playing and playing with the formula.
1: And I, I forgot that, like, going into it, you knew a little bit of that. Like, you said, like, you knew it was going to be maybe meta or self-aware. When I watched it the first time, I was just like, oh, yeah, that remake happened last weekend. Like, I should mm-hmm. check it out. And so, like, the beginning was fun, and then we're starting into it. And I'm like, ugh, like, it's just t- same old, same old. And then you reach the, like, the the brownie buzzer going off or whatever. there, And they're like, Pillow 5! <laughs> and, and they all have knives. the weapons. Yeah, And, you're like, <laughs> and then I'm what? like, wait, what? And then it just kept getting, like better as it went along so i was glad i didn't give up like 20 minutes into it because i would have missed out on on the fun tropes of it because it really did what i wanted the original to do knowing the original was directed by a woman and stuff but she still had that male gaze which i mean she isn't a male so it was whatever but it it, it just still felt like it was made by a man in lots of ways to me. And I, I like that the, would have
0: been uh, Roger Corman's fingerprints all over it. Uh, yeah. He, he produced, I guess, technically this probably too, cause he owns the property, but you know, he's the, the empresario over the entire thing. So I, I'm sure they wanted to go funner with the original and it was like, Nope, I'm still the male producer stepping in to be like, this is what guys want to see. So we have to stick to some of this stuff. So
1: and I'm sure it was filled with even more nods to the other films than even I'm aware. Like, there's the like the fri- refrigerator when he gets, like, his beer, and there's, like, his buddy in there. And then there's, like, the guitar. And I'm sure that there's plenty of other things.
0: Oh, it, it took me a second to realize as well, now that you said that. The guitar. I'm like, what a funky-looking guitar. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's, <laughs> that guitar is from Slumber Party Massacre 2. Uh, yes. So... That's, you know, it's a nod to that one, which I feel like that, that, uh, have we covered that? Have you seen?
1: I've not seen that, now.
0: Okay. I recently was thinking maybe I should assign that because that's, that's wild.
1: And there's a third one as well, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And the third one, from what I understand, is also technically a remake of the first one.
1: Okay. So... (laughs) Yeah, and it's it is fascinating that they're all directed by women. Like I love that. That never once mm-hmm. has it been like, well, let's have a man direct it. Like that—that's a thing with this. I love that. And this also does what the Black Christmas remake wanted to do, which was I saw, sort of turn it on its head. Like it really is like the better version.
0: I saw a Letterboxd review where somebody was like, "The new Black Christmas wishes it was this movie." So I was yes. like, "Oh, okay, okay." But yeah, I mean i was also sitting there thinking too okay so we've recently covered a number of late entries in long-running slasher series uh halloween kills the new scream now this uh and we're we're two for three so far of them uh being you know good movies uh i think so I'm, i'm wondering about texas chainsaw massacre hopefully that'll Be on the good side.
1: So, side note the trailer came out and you watched it? Yes. Because friend of the podcast, Nico, wrote me and said, I'm so glad you're not watching trailers because you would not want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre if you saw Mm -hmm. the the trailer. He's like, it's embarrassing at times. It looks horrible.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm stoked.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm excited. See, there's. (sighs) He said something about kids telling Leatherface he's canceled, and that sounds horrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it got me really excited.
1: Okay. Okay. To see that.
0: The,
1: <laughs> I'm going to say the the bitter part of
0: me is like, uh-huh. Fuck those stupid kids up. <laughs> face. Uh, we're like, I'm about that. Sure. I feel like people kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know how to put this, but it's like, it, I'm just for it. Just do whatever you want guys. And we'll see, <laughs> let the movie come out and I'll decide. I'm, I'm over judging trailers on like, you know, how bad or good Uh, you know i don't know i'm just excited to see it leatherface looks creepy as fuck uh hopefully it's just a weird trailer and in context
1: everything works yeah I, i mean i'm still super excited but
0: and it's it's sort of like i feel like there's this resistance to certain age groups sorry to age all of us when our old properties start bringing in stuff that are happening like now of the moment, like mentioning cancel culture and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we want like a time capsule of what we used to have and like get this stuff that I don't understand or like new things away from me and I want it to be old. So then when that stuff seeps in, you're like, guys, it's got to speak to newer generations. We got to modernize. It's got to touch on, you know, the real world in a way. So uh, we'll see if it works or not.
1: Yeah. And here, I mean, if you didn't know this was a sci-fi movie, aside from the very obvious, like, commercial jumps, mm-hmm. it, you would not know it was a sci-fi movie. Like, the gore is pretty good, the kills are fairly decent. Not all of them, but there's some good ones in there. hmm Like, there's the one time when, it, like, the drill, like, goes through someone's eye, and I mm-hmm. like the one in the car. Yeah. And, like, the shower coming through his tattoo, like, um, My Bloody Valentine.
0: Yeah, and it, uh, well also in the beginning too i like how it says sci-fi original like that's in the opening credits so like they put their their stamp all over it but um they they sometimes do good stuff so not to besmirch my beloved sci-fi channel you were such a big part of my youth growing up so uh, sometimes you got good work and this is one of them
1: yeah this really flew under the radar though like really very few people were talking about it i remember when I mentioned it was being done and it was like, oh boy, especially when you find out it's like a TV remake, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. brother.
0: Now, my understanding, too, is this was actually done by Shout Studios, which is the production arm of Shout Factory, which is, uh, if anybody's a physical media nerd like me, they're a you know boutique uh, Blu-ray DVD label uh, putting out usually cult obscure stuff. Uh, but they struck a deal kind of quietly. I'm surprised more outlets didn't talk about this um but probably because these are indie you know slumber party massacre is not a big franchise people don't care that you know it's not it's not a texas chainsaw or a halloween um but uh they struck a deal with roger corman's uh uh people uh to get the rights to like hundreds of his movies uh that he's made so expect like and this was the first remake and they're probably just going to keep doing remakes of his B uh, cult movies. So that's kind of cool. And if they're of this caliber, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I also read somewhere that almost everyone in it is like from South Africa. And you wouldn't know, their accents are very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that.
1: And I also like as funny and meta and self-aware as it is, when it gets to the end, I feel, I mean, it is a little heavy handed, but like, a little speaking to like generations of trauma and mm-hmm. dealing with that like if you want to get a little like deeper on it but i i still appreciated that that it, it wasn't just all schmaltzy not schmaltzy but wasn't all just like tongue-in-cheek like i felt like it did mm-hmm. do some some deeper elements to it too. yeah
0: I, yeah i thought that too where i was like okay the lesson is you know it, it's about the predation of men against women like that's which in, in the way it's delivered in the dialogue you're like it feels heavy-handed but at the same time like this is a slasher movie now having a dialogue with decades of slasher movies that um in more recent years were now really starting to self-awarely play with the tropes or at least filmmakers are really starting to become clever about it instead of just yeah, we know it reinforces like sexist stereotypes and stuff like that, but you know, they sell. So we just keep making them the same way. Uh, And now it feels like there's some reflection on that Mm -hmm. with movies people are doing. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, You know, regardless of if it feels heavy handed at the end, whatever, get over yourself. It needs to be said and had and appear in the art so we can deal with it.
1: And I thought the first time I watched it, that one like remaining guy was going to be like in on it but instead he just leaves (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i liked that too
0: because i was like movie see sometimes movies get too tied up and trying to wrap up everything and you don't have to like that character's just got no point now so he can leave the movie it's fine
1: yeah but that pillow fight was just everything (laughs) (laughs) and i can't remember what the girls said they're like should it feel so depressing or something like that. Yeah, they're that. like, is this
0: what guys do when they're alone? And I was like, sometimes,
1: yes. <laughs> and yeah, I I when you said that about the music, I did not put that together because i'd only seen it the one time and Mm -hmm. whatever but and i think some of his lines are like directly pulled they're they're exactly the same lines
0: yep from the original movie he had like virtually all of his uh russ's spoken dialogue is just what few lines he had in the original movie so uh i was like cool 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 this is a great way to do a reboot remake uh restart whatever you want to call it i hope they remake slumber party massacre too.
1: (laughs) Well, out of five bloody pieces of pizza, how many Mm -hmm. do you give this? This
0: is a solid four.
1: I agree. Solid four. Solid four.
0: Scare of approval.
1: And that's a scare of approval, people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, buddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a good time. It was fun to rewatch it. It wasn't as fun as the first time, but I still had a good time.
0: Yeah, we should have a power drill noise
1: in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh,
0: But yeah, no, I had so much fun watching this. This was like a perfect sort of just I was home alone last night as I watched it. It was perfect to just chill out and take it in.
1: Because I was with your wife.
0: You were. You guys were all having fun without me. Yeah, we were. (laughs) And let's move on to cannibal the musical so hopefully your spadoinkle hasn't left you uh, <laughs> because cannibal the musical from directed by trey parker uh of south park fame uh all singing all dancing all flesh eating heading through colorado territory in search of golden women alfred packer and his group of bemused companions find themselves lost starving and musically inspired by the obstacles they confront along the way including a die-hard confederate cyclops a trio of surly trappers a tribe of japanese-speaking quote-unquote indians and ultimately each other
1: <laughs> the indians were my favorite so funny. yes so ridiculous so what a silly movie
0: i know what totally else can you silly. say but I,
1: exactly totally absurd so absurd it was fun I'll, I'll say this i i mean i obviously stuck it out but the last 30 minutes is where i enjoyed it the most mm. like once it, the cannibalism actually started to happen. I mean, I know it yeah. kind of starts there, but once that starts to happen, I actually enjoyed it and I thought it became better. And that last musical number is just everything. Hang the mm-hmm. Bastard is everything. It's so good. There's just that middle chunk where they're just like one and there's some funny stuff, but I'm just kind of like, All right, all right. Like the very beginning is very good. Like I said, I love that that opening thing. And then there's that there's that like title card about how it knocked out Oklahoma. Or there's something about Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, Oklahoma overshadowed it. So it yes. faded into obscurity.
1: <laughs> so I love that it starts off with sort of like an oh what a beautiful morning song. Spadoinkle Day. (laughs)
0: Shpadoinkle.
1: Yes. My heart's as full as a big potato. And here's the thing. Like, some of the music is definitely fun. I love the Snowman song, which, of course, like, (laughs) I just, like, have to imagine when Frozen came out, they were just like, you fucking assholes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stealing our song. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) But I also would have loved to have heard them with like a full orchestra and i didn't go back and watch any of the productions that are on youtube because there are some like full productions from people doing it and Mm -hmm. maybe they use tracks and i know that's sort of part of the the charm of it but i also would have loved to have heard them with like an orchestra because you can tell it's like synthesized instruments yeah this was
0: man this was made for like no money this was a student film they were literally college students In Colorado, when they made this movie. So,
1: and so walk me through like the timeline of this and like South Park. Like, had they done like that original South Park cartoon that started getting them all the buzz? I think
0: all of this stuff kind of happened roughly the same time in the uh, early 90s when they were in college uh well i should say most of this is trey parker matt stone was just in this movie he just starred in it but it was written and directed trey parker put everything together um and trey parker was packer yes he played packer Uh, under under the name juan schwartz was what he's credited (laughs) as as an actor in this which is a double joke because i looked it up and apparently john schwartz was the alias that the real life Alfred Packer used when he was on the run from the law.
1: So interesting.
0: Yes. So a little history nerd uh,
1: nod there.
0: Yeah. So um, like the very original version, because they did a few versions of what is called the spirit of Christmas. And that was the original South park short. Uh, So this was all around the same time. This was all like most of them were kind of just either stuff they were doing literally for class or stuff for fun uh for um uh just trying to make it i guess cannibal the musical was not for this college they were doing this on their own time like while they were in college Uh, i guess a bunch of them failed some courses because they spent so much time devoted to making this movie and they kind of they made it and they got stuck with it for a couple years because i don't think it had like troma picked it up and bought it and started putting it out on video uh, which i remember reading a uh, interview with Trey Parker and Matt Stone that said that they struck a deal with Lloyd Kaufman from Troma who so they thought money was going to come rolling in um but they were like oh no it doesn't make a profit until we make our money back first that we spent making your videos and getting it out there so they never saw any money from this thing this was just wow. like the first thing they ever did uh, but then like in the late 90s i think around the time south park was coming out this started to get some traction playing at like little film festivals and stuff and um it was getting promoted of course now as like the creators of south park made this right like after they already started to get famous with south park that's when this like really got a cult following
1: and yeah i mean if you were doing it in the theater you would be like from the creators of the book of mormon
0: yeah exactly
1: so it can get the legs there. The things I really loved about like the ending were, I loved that that guy kept coming back to life. That was hilarious. And I loved when they were like in the bar and everyone's running out and they just obviously are like running in like a circle and like they keep coming out of the door, like they just keep running out, like all those silly things. And -hmm. just that song, Hang the Bastard, was the best. And then they said, Have you ever been to Wyoming? And I oh well.
0: Oh my god. I was like, Oh, I bet (laughs) Brandy Joe loved that, where it just cuts to him screaming (laughs) in an empty field. And it's like, Oh, it sounds terrible.
1: I know it well. (laughs) (laughs) Was it like that? Yeah. Ooh. No, but there were more mountains where I'm okay. from. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I love that you heard Cartman.
0: Yeah. Isn't it? it, it it's ridiculous, right? That, I was like,
1: I just heard Cartman.
0: Yep. It's like <laughs> all, of, it. all of their voices are in, like, because, you know, they would go on to do all of the voices in South Park themselves for the most part. And you can hear, like, all of those voices in this movie, like, as they voice because this movie is very clearly something they shot and then did the sound later like dubbing it over what they already shot because a lot of lips don't match words necessarily all that well and uh you can tell like trey parker dubbed the lines for multiple characters and stuff like that so
1: yeah, it is pure silliness. And I also really liked uh, "That's All I'm Asking For," which feels very much to me like um, Kansas City from Oklahoma. It's that guy's very much a Will Parker sort of character. And then just that when I was on top of you was so silly, and he just looks yeah. so pretty in it.
0: And he's so in love with that horse.
1: <laughs> so in love with that goddamn horse, of course, of course.
0: Oh, man, <laughs> and Spadoinkle is
1: just an earworm. It is. It is, and this is a true story, right?
0: Yes, Alfred Packard Packer is a pretty famous story in Colorado. Like he turned into a big like uh, uh, folkloric like character, Um, and nowadays, so this movie kind of plays with what he said uh, because he was uh, you know a guide, a frontiers guy. Uh, taking people out in Colorado territory. They got snowed in. Uh, he was the only one that came back from his party and said like, this other guy went crazy and killed everyone, but I killed him in self defense. Also, I had to eat people to, um, you know, stay alive, but uh, that was just for survival, blah, blah, blah. And they questioned mm-hmm. his story. Um, but eventually he was acquitted because I guess there was no evidence to find any wrongdoing on his part. And the cannibalism was, you know, he had to do it to survive. Uh, after multiple trials, I guess he was acquitted. But nowadays, most historians are pretty sure. Like, no, he probably killed all of his companions and made up a story when he came back. Likely to like rob them, um, mm-hmm. and then the cannibalism likely did happen, and that was probably just a you know, again by necessity to survive snowbound. But they're like, yeah, it's that's most likely the true story. Is he took some people out there, killed them so he could rob them, and then got stuck out in the snow. <laughs>
1: Now, I read somewhere, I think it was on IMDb, that some famous actress is in this, but I didn't know where she was. Mm. Hold on, let me look. Yeah, Moira Kelly is in this. Mm. Who she is in, like, the cutting edge topic and Twin Peaks. Oh. She's Donna in Twin Peaks.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: yeah, I don't, it says that she played the dropout. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know who the fuck that was because there's not a lot of women in it. So no. I just kept waiting for her. Yeah, I'm not sure. She never came. She or maybe came. she did, and I just missed her.
0: Yeah, not sure who that is.
1: I didn't particularly love the woman. Yeah, not too great, right? And I don't like her song. Yeah. Like, of all the songs, it's like, yeah, I could do without that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does. I feel like it gains momentum at the end. Which is also not typical. If anything, something usually sort of peters out. But I just, like, I started laughing more towards the end.
0: Yeah, it gets, like, I feel like it is amusing in bursts. And then there's, like, long periods of just, like, yep, you can tell this is somebody's first movie because the pacing is all over the place. Like, you know, they front load it with amusing stuff. But then... You cut to the jailhouse scenes, which are not very riveting, of him mm-hmm. talking to her, because it's just like, yeah, come on, move the story along, <laughs> give us and something.
1: While I enjoyed what gore there was, and especially like the cyclops is, like squirting eye inside, <laughs> yep. I could have gone for more of that silly, stupid stuff. Like, yep.
0: That. I know renting the video as a teenager, like a million years ago, you're like cannibal, the musical from the South park guys and made by trauma. Like this is going to be crazy. And then you watch it and it's not nearly as crazy uh, as you'd think. And then finding out after the fact, it's like, Oh, trauma just put their name on it. Like they bought it and distributed it and put their name on it and tried to like build up a cult following for it. So they did, they had very little to do with it initially. And, uh, and you can see like, South Park is where these guys decided to go for the whole like, we're gonna piss people off and offend everyone with our humor and what we do. And this movie is not quite there yet. Like it still has some wholesome humor in there. That You're like, okay, they haven't settled on going whole hog with the uh, outrageousness.
1: Yeah, and you really can see some a Book of Mormon in there. I mean, the one guy literally is a Mormon. But there's some things like with like the tribe of Indians. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that sort of feels Book of Mormon-y in yeah. some ways. So, yeah. But it, I wonder if the stage musical has any like new songs or anything like that, or if it literally is just this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would be curious. I'd, I'd and it is the sort of thing I'm like...
1: Too. It would be more fun to watch in a group of people, especially Mm -hmm. if you're having some skis or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And of course, I thought it was about the Donner Party and I was wrong. But similarly, I said, you know, people get stuck in the the winter and they eat each other. And that's pretty much what happened.
0: Yeah. And it's a very similar incident to the Donner Party. And then you start digging through American history and you're like, by God, people got snowed in and ate each other a lot back then. So (laughs) there's more than a few
1: instances of that. And don't do that, people. Yeah, Try not to. um, (laughs) But, you know. But yeah, I'm glad I watched it. And I will probably listen to some of the tunes again. I might yeah. see if there's like some newer versions or if someone's like done some like well-produced versions or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, that'd be... Oh, and uh, I thought it was really funny too. All the times I've heard that at the end of a South Park episode when it's showing the production studios, like names, one of them does a little burr, 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 and I'm like, that's the jingle from Spadoinkle
1: oh
0: like as soon as i heard uh if i i'd have to go back and listen to the song again but like in there one of the little uh, musical riffs is what they use at the very end of the south park episodes when it's like whatever productions comes up on screen so i was like okay, ah, okay. they've been using this and it is fun too that they have a very distinct style that's carried through all the movies they made, the handful of movies they made, all you know, all of South Park, and this is where it all started. and you can see these themes and the style and ideas has carried on ever
1: since. is orgasmo any good? I remember it being pretty funny, okay,
0: but that was it's definitely I feel a college stoner kind of comedy movie uh, that uh, I've not seen for many years, so who knows if I'll think it's as amusing as I did, you know, back when I was uh, probably pretty tanked
1: up watching it so i did love team america when i saw that in the theater yeah
0: and i i still again another one i haven't watched in years but i used to
1: freaking love it was the south park movie mm -hmm. it was so good talk about good musicals yes that was so good loved it
0: but anyway out of uh um, Out of five just beautiful horses that you love riding, Leanne, named Leanne, how many do you give it? I am going to give it three. I am also going to settle on a three.
1: Oh, yeah. Look at us twinning. Wow.
0: Twinning.
1: A second.
0: Scare of approval.
1: Scare of approval. Fuck yeah. Well, that's good.
0: You know, as overly. Overall, this is a stupid movie, but, uh, you know, it's fun. I think give it a shot. Everyone out there, guys, gals, non-binary pals, everyone out there, give it a shot.
1: Yeah, unless silliness is not your thing.
0: Yeah, then you probably will not enjoy it. No. (laughs) So, uh, but I feel like with these guys, you know if you like them or not. So if you like them, watch this.
1: That is definitely true. Well. Well, good times.
0: Good times, good times. I think that's that's it. well yeah
1: if uh, you want to write us tell us what you thought of these movies or whatever the fuck you want scaring is sharing at gmail.com We
0: want to hear from you we will get to you eventually but we will get to
1: you if you write in so thank you for joining us and remember to hail Paymon and And, shovel your walks
0: oh yeah if
1: you're where
0: we're at we're getting snowed in as we speak don't eat anybody uh (laughs) and try to have a
1: spadoinkle day that's right forward and um keep watching scary movies and talking about them because scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is
0: sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring
1: is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.